coming to you, undead from the crypt. This is Adelaide Horror Podcast with Zombie Joe. <laughs> Welcome to the Adelaide Horror Podcast. This is your host, Zombie Joe. Tonight's episode is number 26. Uh, this is the Halloween um, show. It's not a special this time around like it was last year. I'm doing book adaptations into movies. So tonight I'm going to be talking about Clive Barker's Book of Blood from 2020. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to talk about some horrible mentions and then uh, do some crib keeping and then we'll get into the review. So Basically, um, yeah, so this episode landed uh, right on the weekend of Halloween, but unfortunately I was working uh, over the uh, weekend period of Halloween this year, so it landed in Australia, it landed on the uh, Saturday and the Sunday, so uh, that kind of limited everyone to, to how they were going to do Halloween this year, so a lot of the parties were bumped to Saturday and then Sunday evening was the little trick-or-treating for the kids and stuff like that because it's uh, Monday was back to school. So uh, it was a kind of a school night. So that's how it landed. So that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, next year, Halloween lands on a fucking Monday. Like, so <laughs> that's going to suck. Uh, but uh, we'll make do. We'll, uh, we'll make the Saturday and Sunday count again uh, for Halloween. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how we go next year. But uh, it is what it is. That's the way the coffin crumbles uh, with that one. Um, so you can't help that. So a bit of a shout out uh, in between. So I've, since the month, since the last episode, of it has been quite busy, not only just with work and, and other stuff, but uh, with uh, for the show as well. So um, I was invited for the first time onto uh, Dave's Video Graveyard and with Casey as well. And so for the Shotmare month, and I talked about Return of the Living Dead, which is my... Um, favorite zombie film uh kind of my uh first horror film uh that i watched kind of like on my own uh outside of monster squad uh if you're familiar with uh, the first uh and second episode of, of adelaide horror podcast i talk about like my first horror and all that kind of experience as a kid growing up so return of the living dead's got a massive kind of place in my heart where that sits um uh, for that reason so yeah i was i was yeah i had a really good time uh on the show first time guest kind of thing and uh cross podcasting so i really liked that that was really really great it's kind of been my aim for a long time since i've started the show to do that like build relationships up and uh start um cross uh shows between different podcasts so uh that kind of happened so that was great um, how it lands, just on timeline, um, I've been invited this Monday onto Dave's Video Graveyard on Monday night uh, on Wow FM 100.5 um, and I'm talking, uh, yeah, Dave's Video Graveyard, so I'm talking about the uh, my favourite top 10 films. So there's a bit of a mixed bag in there, there's not necessarily horror, there's a couple, but like some action uh, kids, you know, that kind of stuff all mixed in together. So a bit of a mixed bag of, uh, of my 10 favourite uh, films. Interesting a bit of homework because uh, how I, I've kind of set myself up to fail in this category because how I've set up my DVD cabinet is uh, I only buy 
DVDs that I want to watch over and over and over, like my favourite stuff that I really like in the horror genre, in the action genre, sci-fi, Asian cinema, cartoons, whatever. So when I had to sit down and go, okay, I'm, for Dave, I'm going to pick my top 10. And it was Struggle Town. I, I was there for a couple of hours, and that's not exaggeration. I was like, oh, I'll pick that one. Ah, fuck it. So I was kind of, um, you know, did the whole process. And eventually I came up with the 10 that I came up with, which I'm pretty happy with. And uh, so that's great. So, yeah, looking forward to Monday night. Uh, first live air radio thing for me so that's uh that's interesting so i'm really enjoying the different experiences and uh really appreciate appreciate these opportunities and stuff and uh when i started a couple of years ago i my vision was to kind of be able to make new friends and this kind of stuff so it's definitely ticking that box um a couple of weeks back i met up with dion from tie-dye everything and so he's made the jumper for the hoodie for Adelaide Horror Podcast. I like this design because it reminded me of Blood Diner uh, the, uh, on the sign there. So that was that was really cool. And Dion made this t-shirt, which is the a Adelaide Horror Podcast logo again with the uh, stabby, stabby knife. And then at the back, good old Jess Hahn. And uh, yeah, with that mask there. So I thought that was pretty cool with Dion's little logo uh, in the uh, he fitted it in the mask there, which I thought was cool. Uh, meeting Dion was absolutely awesome. Uh, sitting down talking to Dion, I had met him physically, met him. I've only written a couple of times to him, to and fro on Instagram with ordering and, and talking about our like for horror films and stuff. And and so we actually sat down for the first time physically face to face, and we we chin wagged for like two hours about horror films. We just clicked. It was a it was a great bloke. It was really genuine. Uh, and, and artistically really creative. We definitely check him out. He's on Etsy, uh, tie-dye everything on Instagram. You contact him that way. Uh, if you want a custom design, I really like the fact that you can get the kind of darker tie-dye version uh, now, and that's that's kind of what I went with this one here. So I'm really happy with this design. I uh, really like that. And uh, so, yeah, no, it was really, really good. So, yeah, that was that's me there. So... Fast forward to, to Halloween again, I was working that weekend, uh, so I thought, right, I'm going to bring Halloween to work, uh, I'm not going <laughs> to think, so my shift's finished at 6 o'clock, which is not too bad, so I've got the, I've got the evening time to, uh, to watch something and stuff like that, so I went through Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Stan, went through all the streaming services, boy oh boy, I had a absolute fucking list and a half of like horror stuff to go through, which is probably my my worst thing I should have done. I should have just picked the one channel. But because I did multiple, I found myself in like choice paralysisville, and uh, I kind of struggled to pick something or something to jump out at me that I really wanted to do. The Disney stuff I really wanted to check out, and that's usually what I do Friday night. I'd, I'd start off with the kids stuff like Hocus Pocus, Goosebumps, you know, Halloween Town, that kind of stuff. I like to kind of slide in that way. I enjoy the kids' kooky pooky, the, the kooky pooky, fucking hell, the kooky spooky kind of stuff, uh, and then kind of get into the, uh, you know, ch chainsaw wielding, fucking guts flying everywhere stuff later on in on in Halloween itself. 
So uh, I just kind of ease myself into it and kind of whip myself up and, you know, enjoy the whole couple of days. I make it a whole couple of days. Because let's face it, as a horror fan, it's fucking Halloween all the time. So I've got to kind of make it a bit more special than usual. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that. it is what it is. So I went through Disney and stuff, and in doing so, I came across by accident, and a very happy accident, uh, it was, it's being shown on Hulu, but I came across Books of Blood by Carl, Clive Barker, and I thought, well, hang on a second, this is a 2009, I thought, don't tell me they fucking remade it, like, or they've done a reboot of the 2009, I would have been pretty pissed off with that. So, uh, doing a bit of research and actually watching it, I went, no, this is what I've learned. This is the actual second adaptation. So, it continues on from 2009. So, you can watch the 2009 one and pretty much straight away start this one. And it's the continued flow of the story of the thing. Because the Clive Barker books, uh, volumes one to six of Books of Blood. And uh, they've got uh, Clive Barker's own illustrations on the front cover. And this was pretty much my nightmare fuel as a kid. Uh, I came across these. Um, so that was my experience with Clive Barker uh, growing up. So I thought, righty, I'm going to check this out. And hence why tonight I've, I've picked the book adaptation episode. So when you think of book adaptations for horror, you immediately go Stephen King, for sure. Uh, you know, and I just insert every Stephen King title here, like uh, that, that's been adapted into film or TV movies or whatever. Um, the original stuff has fallen uh, prey to a lot of d directors and stuff doing whatever the fuck they wanted with the story instead of following Stephen King's uh, stuff and or letting Stephen King do it. However, having said that, at that time, Stephen King was struggling with drug and alcohol addiction. So it's probably the reason behind a lot of directors going, nah, step this one out, we're going to take it from here. Which was a good thing, but also a bad thing, because a lot of Stephen King stuff got misinterpreted in film, and it didn't come out properly. And, and so that's why everyone is saying, oh, you know, the books are better than the film, which I agree in, in some. But finally, and because of the kind of the renaissance of, you know, and this kind of um, resurgence of uh, Stephen King stuff coming back, the movie's now really good because the directors are working with Stephen King and Stephen King's not on the gear. So, like, it kind of works that you're getting these really good adaptations now because Stephen King can now get involved and say, right, you know, I want this, this, and this. And and they're like true nods to the stories. And the Stephen King fans, like myself, are freaking loving it. Like, so um, that's good. So that's kind of an example of the flagship for the book adaptation for this episode. So I looked at Clive Barker. So a bit of a history with me and Clive Barker. Now, good old Clive Arino. Uh, now, when I was a kid, there was John John Martin's as this kind of department store here in Adelaide, and the basement underneath was the Sound and Vision kind of music, TV, stereo, well, record players and stereos and stuff, and they had a Brashes, I think, which was kind of like the it's kind of like the '80s version of JB Hi-Fi now, um, and uh, I don't know any other equivalent. Oh, I suppose Virgin 
for overseas listeners, if anyone overseas is watching, you know, or listening. Um, so this music department store had uh, books as well on the other side, like novels and all that kind of stuff. So uh, ranging from kids and horror and all that. And they always had the horror section, like kind of as you walked, or what I remember, this lino floor, you walked a bit to the right and there was some carpet and you had all the shelving and horror seemed to be the first thing that was in this shelving bit. So I would walk in and I'd start seeing, you know, the titles for Stephen King and all that kind of stuff. But one particular day, like on the Friday night when we went shopping with my parents, I was, I was like walking around and I said to mum and dad, I'm going to the bookshop. So that's kind of what I did. I walked off and went to the bookshop area and just kind of bummed around there and picked up something and read while mum and dad shopped. Um, and I kind of always used to go into the horror section because I wanted to read something a little bit spooky that I wasn't allowed to read. Usually at home, I wouldn't be able to buy and bring home. So um, I uh, kind of always used to hunt around. And one... There, it was obviously a resale or whatever because Clive Barker, like the Books of Blood started, I think, in 84. And I remember kind of seeing it when I was about eight. So we're talking 87, 88 at that point. Uh, so these were, you know, they'd been around for a while. And Volume 6 at that point was there. And it was the Volume 6 cover art that I remember distinctly because it's a guy and he's screaming and there's two pieces of wood going through him. You know, and I was thinking, holy shit, like just as a kid absorbing that image, you know, of a piece of wood sliding in here and sliding in there, fucking hell. And I'm looking at it going, oh shit. And it just burned in my brain. But then I started looking at other illustrations that Clive Barker had done. So like a lot of these like um, really exaggerated facial features, like really skinny, uh, like dark demonish, like really sharp needle-like teeth red eyes, black background, a lot of blood, a lot of skin being peeled off. Like there's one, I think it was um, volume four or five, one guy had a part, he's smiling, and this part of his head's all cut off and it's all peeled out this way. And one, it reminded me of Hellraiser. Two, it reminded me of Event Horizon, like later on. And when I watched Event Horizon, and I saw that, you know, that scene where you, it's really quick, but if you got it on VHS and you pause it and you put it in really extra slow mode, like the button that I had, used especially for the cake scene in Under Siege, <laughs> uh, the you saw the slow mo of all that horror that was happening on Event Horizon. And so when I saw all this, immediately, fucking 1988 Joe memory kicked in. And I remember seeing that guy smiling with his head peeled off. And I'm like, fuck it. Hell, like that, oh, that must have inspired. Clive Barker must have inspired a bit of Red Horizon. Um, so, yeah, that was that was kind of my Clive Barker kind of experience. So reading these books, I kind of didn't read them. Like the, the illustrations scared me enough. As a kid, for me, I was like, right. Clive Barker is the borderlands. Like, right, I need to be an adult to read this shit. <laughs> like, and I was like, right, okay, I'm not touching Clivey until I get old enough to do so. So, um, yeah, once I got a bit old enough, I was like, okay. But in the meantime, I didn't really read his books. I kind of cheated. I was watching his movies, man. So Clive Barker, Rawhead Rex, Midnight Me Train, uh, Nightbreed, 
um, Hellraiser, Candyman. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of the stuff he's involved in. So these were the movies that I watched that, that he was a part of and his stories are adapted from. So uh, in 2009, I saw Books of Blood. As I'm recording this now, I don't 100% recall the movie. I saw stills from the research that I did. I kind of vaguely remember it, but I haven't watched it in a very long time. Probably since 2009, to be honest. So I, may, I won't make any comments on it because I'll get it wrong. Uh, so I'll just leave that where that is. Books of Blood 2020 was directed by Brendan Braga. Uh, B-R-A-G-A. Uh, he's mainly the writer and a lot to do with Star Trek Generations, First Contact and Next Gen, the TV show series. So all the Star Trek 90s kind of stuff uh, while I was in high school. Uh, written by Adam Simon and Brennan Braga and, collect, and, and also Clive Barker joined them as well. So uh, Adam Simon uh, was the writer on uh, Salem and Haunting in Connecticut. So Simon, Adam's quite a good thing. So he's added that really eerie element because in in watching this, uh, the writing was really good. You could you could once I saw that this guy was behind it, I thought, yeah, it's pretty dark. It's a lot scary. The dialogue is scary as well. Very creepy. The visuals are creepy. Cinema they worked very well. And then you'd sprinkle like you know, then Clive Barker kind of comes in, and that's why you get the gem that you get. With, uh, with this adaptation. Released on the 7th of October 2021 and we got it here in Australia on the 29th. So it's for an hour and 47 minutes. It's a, it's a anthology, it's a collection of three stories. The third story is the shortest one. It goes for 25 minutes and this is the wrap up of the first two stories in there. The first, no, the second story in this is story one from volume one of Books of Blood by Clive Barker that came out in 1984. That's that's what we're watching now. And this is pretty much sets up, I think if they did other Books of Blood, this second story is the one that is story one. The first story is building up the characters that we all see. And it all, it's kind of like what Trick or Treat did. Where you see all the characters all at the start of the film. You blink, you'll miss it. You kind of pay attention. Because then the second story kicks in. We see some more characters. And then the third one wraps up. And we see all the characters. And we know who they are. Um, and and like Trick or Treat. There's no real likeable characters in this one here. Everyone's kind of got their own shit going on. And uh, no one's really innocent kind of thing. Uh, and then as the story goes on. It just un it plot reveals. And unveils as it goes and it's it's really really good it's got a couple of great plot twists and uh it's really really great so uh, hence why it's heavily recommended tonight so we got the cast now with the three characters we've got jenna simon and bennett and these are the three guys that the books of blood um uh, focused on so at the start of each um uh, thing you see a, a kind of a red thing you see human flesh it's carved into like a knife carved into skin and that's the name of that person so we start off with jenna now jenna is played by Britt robinson uh and you would know her from dog's purpose and tomorrowland simon is the next character played by rafi gavron 
and he plays the medium in story two. Uh, we know him from A Star Is Born and Westworld. And then we have Bennett, who's played by Yul Vasquez. And you'd know him from Captain Phillips, The Last Flag Flying, and Bad Boys 2. Um, so story one, Jenna, uh, goes for 51 minutes and 53 seconds. Now, characters in this, uh, you've got the bookman at the start, played by Brett Rickby. Uh, you'd know him from The Crazies, Castle Rock, and other TV appearances he's done. Uh, him and Bennett are the first altercation in the in the thing. So Bennett is a debt collector, and the bookman is the bookman. He's got no name. Uh, he runs a bookshop. Bennett jumps out and chases him initially through the shop, and then kind of gets to him. and And the guy's going, "Look, I don't have your money, blah blah blah, but I know of this book that's like millions, like it's really valuable. Uh, I'll be able to pay my debt that way. Da -da -da. Let me tell you where you can find it." Then kind of changes, he gets offed, and you know, so we kind of get the stamp of who Bennett is at that point. So then we have uh, Steve. That's right. So uh, Bennett's partner, he's waiting in the car while uh, thing here that's played by Andy McQueen. You'd know him from Killjoys, Fahrenheit, uh, Four Five One, Jack Ryan, and other TV shows. So these two are partners, bounty hunting, or not bounty hunting, but you know, debt collecting partners. Got a pretty sweet lime green uh, Dodge Charger. Like they're, they're zooming around the place, and they almost knock this girl over crossing the street. The girl crossing the street turns out to be Jenna, uh, and we discover that later on. Like I said, this thing's going to interact with each other like the trick-or-treat kind of style. Uh, and then we um, are then introduced to uh, Jenna's uh, mum, and I think her stepdad, so played uh, Nicole and Dan, played by Paige uh, Turek, and uh, she's the April O'Neil in both. Anyway, so Nicole, she's the, the kind of the bitchy's mum uh, they don't have a great relationship at all her and Jenna uh, she's niggling like anything Jenna and her very well to do like well off house on the on the beach side right on the coast amazing views very very upper class dad Dan is the stepdad um, played by Saeed Sequi uh, don't really know how I pronounce his surname, so I apologise a bit if I've mispronounced that. Uh, you'd know him from SEAL Team on the TV show. Got David Vasquez, you know, Angel from Buffy and Angel. Uh, he's got an action show called SEAL Team. He's in that. Um, he was also in the uh, new current version of The Hardy Boys that's uh, also available on Hulu as well, which I haven't seen, but pretty keen to check out now, uh, being a fan of The Hardy Boys books. So I think he's kind of the stepdad because he's a bit younger. That's my assumption anyway. And because of his nationality, I'm assuming that, yeah, it would have been a stepdad situation. Uh, anyway, and yeah, you, you see a lot of tense moments between this family sitting down and eating and stuff like that. So the relationship is not great whatsoever um, with them. So, and then we, we get to kind of uh, see where... Um, Jenna sits uh, in the scheme of this you know she's battling um, I think autophobia like the sound she's got a phobia of noises but it's specifically chewing so in this one here if you didn't have it 
you would have it by the end of this story uh, because they really give you audibly what it's like to have this. Like, and I'm just like, oh my God, everyone's chewing got ramped like by a hundred. Holy crap, like everything is magnified. I'd, well, anyway, like I said, it made me feel uncomfortable and I didn't have it. So there you go. And uh, yeah, it was just really fucking off-putting, but really well done. That it, it made you feel like Jenna at that point, which I thought was really good, audibly. And so you kind of get her struggle. She's doing these dry diagrams, and at one stage the camera pans down and you see this Clive Barker illustration. And I was like, yeah, well, they've done the nod to the to Clive, which I thought was really well done. And so you can kind of see mentally where she's at. Like, she's drawing a lot of dark shit. She's very negative. Like, the kind of the mum's always on about her, about her negativity. Um, and so, yeah, that's the kind of strained relationship she has with her mum. Uh, and her stepdad, kind of with her stepdad, but she doesn't really engage uh, with him. The biff seemed to be between her and her mum. And so she kind of overhears that the mum's going to say, no, nah, we're going to send her back to this farm thing again. And she's like, fucking hell to the no. So nicks some cash and legs it, like packs her bags, takes off. And um, so that's, in the meantime, while she's doing this, in the dialogue, it's mentioned that she's not taking her meds anymore. So you kind of, she starts seeing this guy and you don't, she's kind of blinking and thinking, did I see this guy or not? So you're assuming that this is a hallucination or this is kind of her um, kind of black dog almost for her depression or whatever the mental kind of um, character that she's made for her, the mental suffering and anguish that she's going through. So um, she kind of like is getting away from him and she gets a ticket to LA and she's going on the bus and you know she thinks she's seeing him in the vent and like you know all this kind of stuff and then the bus stops because someone's getting off and this guy comes on and I'm thinking well hang on a minute like how did how did he get there like so this is kind of where you're thinking is it a hallucination because there's just no way this guy would have been mid they're not in LA they've just stopped in a town right so she manages to hide her face. He goes past, she legs it off the bus and, and the bus closes the door and gets and leaves, right? So she thinks she's kind of scot-free in that sense. The town that she's gotten off on is the town in this book, like in, the, in this movie is the main uh, stuff that's going on into this town. And the town that uh, Bennett, the bounty hunter, uh, the, the dick collector, is going to as well to find this rare book of the Book of Blood, they call it. So she goes in uh, to the coffee shop. While she's in there, she sees the guy skulking around and she has another freak out and, and looks online and finds a bed and breakfast. 38 bucks a night, all good. And she goes there. And this is where we meet. We run into Ellie and Sam. Now played by Nicholas Campbell and Frida Foshen. Actually, the voice from the box of Dude, Where's My Car? I refuse to play your Chinese food mind games. No! No and then! 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 No No and then! 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 I'm gonna come in there and I'm gonna put my foot in your ass if you say and then again! And then, 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 and then
No shit, that's amazing. Fucking hell. Uh, she was in, she plays Far Lee in the 98 Mulans, and she was in Basic Instinct. No shit. There you go. Fuck me. Uh, got all your Frida. Anyway, and then there's Nicholas, Nicholas Campbell. Now, Nicholas Campbell, we would know from The Dead Zone from 1983. Wow, that's... Uh, so, married couple, Sam and Ellie, um, and they're kind of like retirees kind of thing, doing a bed and breakfast Jenna goes there, feels instantly kind of... Well, she's kind of on edge because of being followed around the place. And uh, Ellie really kind of, uh, you know, just makes her feel welcome and cosy. The house is a really nice nano little house. Like, it's really nice in the design and relaxing and that kind of stuff too. So, um, by Kenji uh, Fitzgerald. So, uh, yeah, so she meets up with Gavin uh, while she's there. Um, and so that's kind of good, too. There's another young guy that's kind of thing. Gavin sees her in the in the uh, coffee shop initially when she comes in, freaked out by this guy that's following her around. Um, and um, so he kind of goes, oh, yeah, I recognize you from the store. So they're all having a cup of tea at the dining room table. And this is where I've said in other episodes, too, there's a like a ping-pong dialogue that occurs. And you kind of get to know the old couple, you know, what they're about, blah, blah, blah. And uh, kind of, you know, you get this thing of, you know, they're really nice and it's all good and it's a nice little place. And first night, you know, Jenna has some nightmares. And uh, so we get that visual, Clive Barker visual stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I won't go into that. You need to watch it to experience it. Uh, to Clive Barker, mind spinny, horrifying at the same time, kind of stuff. Dream, dreamscape. She wakes up and uh, and then she goes um, talks to Gavin and in the morning he's gonna go and look for colleges, and they have a plan to meet for a coffee. So anyway, this plan doesn't go through. He doesn't turn up, and uh, so she's kind of feeling a bit shitty about it that is that she's been kind of stood stood up and uh, is leaving, sees the guy again uh, skulking through the windows and sees her. So she goes shit and legs it through the back of the shop, like into the, and, and it's kind of through, turns around and the guy's there. He's like dead set following her, like it follows style, like right, right up it, like right following behind her. Anyway, so um, she gets away manages to get to the house she's completely spooked and uh, and freaking out so you know uh, again ellie's like comforting her sam's walking around and uh, he goes into the shed kind of thing and uh, it's all good kind of thing there she settles it down another night goes in and and that's where she starts seeing a cockroach come out through the wall she thinks something's not right there and and then she kind of does this it's kind of a plot reveal kind of a discovery uh, goes on in that sense and the movie kind of takes a massive turn from that point right up until the, about the 51 minute mark uh, it's it kind of goes into this full Clive Barker horror session like right in the middle and it is spectacular like you gotta you gotta check it out holy crap <laughs> like so that's that's story one kind of thing it flicks over and it goes to um story two and that's called miles and miles is the name of the little boy who has leukemia and is the son of a professor of professor mary 
Miles is played by, I cannot pronounce this guy's name, it's a very unusual name. Um, he plays a young Dan in Ready or Not, the movie from 2019. Um, so, yeah, he's got some props already in the horror kind of stuff, and he's going to do good. He's a good child actor in this one. He did a really good job. So he's got leukemia, sickened, and he's dying in the bed. Um, he's got His mum is Professor Mary, played by Anna Friel. Anna Friel is from The Land of the Lost from 2009 with Will Ferrell. So I'm assuming that's Will's wife that she plays in there. Um, and initially at the start of the story, it's it's him's dying and he says, you know, where do we go after we die? And the mum is uh, an atheist, so she doesn't say, oh, you go to heaven or there's an afterlife or whatever. She just goes, you just go to sleep. And that's what and that's what it is. So he goes, okay, and like, you know, I'm you know pretty much ready to go to sleep because I'm tired. So she's kind of pretty upset about that. Then some scenes change, so you can kind of get the sense that a few, like the son has passed away. It's a few years later or, you know, some time has passed. Because, um, and Simon appears in her office and this kind of pisses her off. And it's played by Ravi Gravon. Um, he's a British actor. Uh, like I said, you would know him from The Star Is Born, Westworld 24 and the show Rome. So anyway, he plays this medium and he's in your office saying, you know, I can contact your son. Like, you know, this is some of my tapes. He sent her a tape. She just thinks he's full of shit because, like, I think she's a professor, professor of uh, psychology or something. So she goes, right, I'm going to make my class, you know, sit on one of your physical, um, you know, mediums to prove that you're full of shit. So she kind of does this mirrored glass, you know, kind of like you'd see in an interview room in a police show. And kind of everyone's behind the glass, he's behind the other thing, he's completely starkers. And um, and so she goes up to him, pats him down, kind of all this kind of stuff. Shows the class that there's nothing in the room, there's no trickery going on, like he has to stay there and, and do it. And so he goes, I need the lights off. So, of course, she's cynical going, yeah, you see, he's full of shit. He needs you to turn the lights off so he can do some weird and wonderful stuff and pretend it's all happening. He goes, no, I need to channel and it needs to be dark. Suddenly the lights flicker off and this fucking all kick. It's pitch black. So if, you're, if you've got everything all turned off like I do when you watch the movie, then the screen goes black. You're in complete darkness and all you can hear... Is this event horizon screaming going on for about 30 seconds like and it's really un unnerving and that's the other thing I really liked about it in typical Clive fashion he really makes the horror that when he tells a horror story he makes you as uncomfortable as possible and really scares you in different ways like senses like like you know visually uh, uh, you know, with you audibly as well, like really throws you off. Like the screaming was all over the place, very distorted as well. So then the lights all come back on, and um, you see the guys lying on the ground, but the white cell that he was in is now covered in like writing that was done in blood. He is hasn't got a scratch on him, right? So and there's blood everywhere. And as the, as the lady's reading all the messages, she locks onto one, and it's, I'm not sleeping, mummy. So she's like, ah, oh, shit. So she kind of presses him, you know, what do you mean, is Miles communicating with you? He says, yes, she is. 
and so it kind of goes through that. This whole process, they kind of get romantically then involved, and it gets a bit complicated because she kind of finds out that he's kind of full of shit, but at the same time, he does manage to cross, like, and 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 does actually manage to get in contact with these people on the other side so when she does another group session and lets people watch this time it's for real and and the and the dead do manage to cross over and contact him and and that whole this whole kind of second story is where it becomes a real clive bark horror fest at this point uh and and it doesn't really uh it's not really great uh, outcome for everybody at this point but you get the kind of idea and like I said this is book one volume one of Clive Barker's book of blood so this is the origins of it and this is the story so you kind of work out that this is how it's going to go and then the third story is now Bennett and it's now tying up everything so now we're following Bennett into this town and as he goes into the town, he almost runs over Jenna, and he's got to look at this chick running across the road with the headphones on. So we, we're kind of seeing it now from this angle. We're seeing it from Bennett. So Bennett's going through. He's near the house. He's in this town that now Jenna's in. He's now looking for this book of blood that he's been sent out for, and him and Steve um, get um, kind of set upon uh, with the, in, the, in this town as well. So that's kind of how the book of blood kind of wraps up. Um, and then I won't go any further because I'm going to plot reveal it and spoil it and all that kind of stuff. I've I've have steered away from a lot of shit. You you haven't seen half or heard of half the stuff yet. It's a real perler. It's great. You definitely need to check this out. Uh, this is a high recommend for me. Eight out of ten, easy. Um, it's got me really keen now on looking on uh, book stop stuff to see if I can actually get volumes one to six. Uh, of uh, Book of Blood and then I can start reading them and, and getting into it because it's got a, it's really piqued my interest in the in the series again so um, 1988 me would just have to get ready to get scared so uh, there you go all good um, so that's it for tonight uh, the show um, apologies for the late release like this really was supposed to be like three weeks ago uh, and eventually, yeah, just it just how it worked out. It didn't. Time was not on my side, so apologies for the late release. Um, if you're new to this episode, these episodes will be monthly. Um, I hope you uh, like the show. Um, check out my other episodes as well. You can get me on Instagram. I respond to everybody that writes to me, so um, you can leave a comment on uh, YouTube. You can join the Facebook group and contact me that way. I'm going to do it via email. Uh, my email is adelaidehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, great. Uh, tonight, yeah, so Monday, uh, another spruik. Uh, Monday, Well FM 100.5 uh, FM, Dave's Video Graveyard. Check out the show, support the radio station. Um, they uh, do description, I think, as annual membership. Uh, and um, and also you can be a sponsor. Uh, so yeah, definitely check out Well FM. Support local radio, community radio while you can as well. So that's pretty good too. Um, and yeah, awesome. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed your Halloween. Actually, write in the comments what you guys did for Halloween. Um, 
I uh, so what happened with me was um, I work so I didn't really get into that before so I work in disability um, I have two jobs I work in aviation security and I also work in disability some client that I look after is really into musicals so I thought okay it's Halloween I can't really show her Sweeney Todd but what I can do which is another Burton is I can uh, show her Nightmare Before Christmas so uh, put on Nightmare Before Christmas and she loved it never seen it before and we had it on uh, repeat a couple of times throughout the day so that was really great I enjoyed a Krispy Kreme donut they came out on the Halloween this year so I had my little Halloween donut with them wore my little Halloween shirt you know, like I said, I brought Halloween to work, you know, like I couldn't help the situation, but I was going to have a fun day anyway. Um, so the clients loved it. It was great. I went down to Semaphore uh, and went to check out my mate, uh, Matt, the king of Goosebumps. He's got a shop at Port Adelaide, the Goosebumps Swap and Shop. Check that out on Facebook as well. Uh, also joining him was Old Power Collector, my mate Scott. Check him out as well. Um, he's got a, he's just, well, his Kickstarter's finished because he's managed to get his book out. Leap of Faith by Scarboy. Check out Scarboy TV as well uh, for Scott. Um, and yeah, so he was Old Power Collector. He was all dressed up. He had a pretty cool suit on. So he was down there entertaining the kids. So it was a really great, great props, great little horror maze that Matt set up there. Um, and uh, it was quite a successful night, what I can gather from the photos and the general posts from Matt afterwards. So that was great. Managed to get a really good photo here of uh, of uh, being with the girls. So it was a good day out. Um, my co-worker and I have a lot of fun uh, doing what we do. So uh, yeah, it was just it was just you make Halloween what you make it, man. Like, it, and that's really it. So let me know what you've done on Halloween. All good. I hope you enjoyed the show. Definitely go check out uh, 2020's uh, Clive Barker's Book of Blood. Uh, happy Halloween. Well, happy, well, happy belated Halloween, everyone now. Uh, and like I said, every day is Halloween for us uh, as horror fans. Stay scary, and I'll see you in the crypt.